What's going on, guys? This is Planting Seeds TV, where we chase progress, not perfection. And today I'm so excited because I have another guest on the show, Ms. Dina Jackson. Jackson, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, as you guys, if you don't know, Dina is definitely one of my uh, close friends. We talk to each other on the regular all the time, catching up on just how things are going with fans, uh, family and friends and just personal life, things like that. But today I wanted to bring her on the show to uh, share with you guys a lot of uh, tips, tricks, uh, things of that nature related to the real estate market. Uh, so Dina is a real estate agent. And Dina, I'm going to let you just share with the audience a little bit about you and how you became a real estate agent. Okay, thank you. So I'm really excited to be here. I became a real estate agent in 2020. So people always ask me why during the pandemic, but I actually started all my courses in 2019 while I was still in corporate America. And then pandemic hit, I passed my test. I was really excited to get going. Didn't take it seriously until probably about August. And since then I've been able to help over 10 families, which has been really exciting to either sell their home or get them into a home. But what really pushed me to get this business going, um, I really felt like God was part of it. I lost my job from corporate America due to the pandemic and um, had really talked about before how you got to do things uncomfortable in order to be successful. And as I was thinking, that thought the next day is when I was let go from my job. And I thought it was a very huge sign that this is the time to make this happen. There's a reason I took these classes why I still had a job and passed this exam. So I got going and it has been really amazing ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I know you're you know, super decked out. You got the real estate life hat on, the shirt, represent. Oh, I love it. That's too. awesome. So you definitely locked in. I like that. So yes. you, know, you talked about obviously the pandemic, the shift from you know your corporate job to working as a realtor. Uh, why did you choose real estate? It's something that I've always wanted to do since I was a little girl. That's how my mom and I bonded over the weekends. We would like find the flags where there's um, new construction and go look at the model homes and kind of live an alternative life going through and looking at all the amazing homes. Because we grew up in Allen, as you know. So that's a primary place of new construction constantly going up. So we always had something to do. I just felt like I was just going into corporate America because that's just what I was supposed to do. But I'm really happy I was pushed into finally do what I'm passionate about. Definitely, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, you know, once you find your purpose and things like that, you definitely move forward. Um, Different you know, energy. Like, I'm good. I'm happy. It's crazy. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, let people out there know who do you work for as far as real estate is concerned and what area or what market do you concentrate on? Yeah, so I am from um, the Dallas area. As I said, I grew up in Allen. So I handle the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, primarily north of Dallas. So you're Collin County, Denton County, but I also handle Dallas County and Tarrant County. And then awesome. I work for, or I should say the brokerage that I'm under is EXP Realty. EXP Realty. Okay. Awesome. That's great. That's great. So, you know, obviously in the Dallas market, honestly, within the Texas Texas market, just across Texas, we're, we've been booming due to, due to the pandemic and, you know, people moving in from different states, things of that nature. 
But, you know, when we are looking at this market, um, mm-hmm. the first question I definitely got to ask, is it better to buy or is it better to rent during this time? So if you want to buy, always the best time to buy is when you want to buy, which should be now. Now is always the best time to buy. That's always our answer because we can't predict the future. So if you're okay. ready to go, yes, now is better. Um, you're investing. Renting, you're not investing. So money is getting thrown to the side. Um, so it's a great time. The rates are low. That's a very big piece of things is the mortgage rates. That's what you should really be looking at. The overall price of the home is different from what you're going to be paying from month to month because that rate is either higher or lower. That's why we saw a lot of people refinance their home in 2020. Rates dropped. Why were they excited about the rates dropping? Smaller monthly payments. I see. I see. And you said something interesting about, you know, purchasing a home when you are ready. All right. Mm -hmm. Can you define that a little bit, right? Because everybody has their own definition of when they're ready. But from a realtor standpoint or just from a monetary perspective, when is it really time to purchase a home? So it would be based from person to person. So basically getting in contact with the realtor, letting them know that you're interested. It's always important to have the conversation when you're thinking about it and not when you think you're completely ready because we can get you, whether it's credit score that you need to work on, you find out that maybe you need to save a little bit more money. This is conversations that you need to have at the beginning so that you can get ready. I think a lot of people assume that I can't go to a realtor until I feel I'm completely ready and have 20% down ready. I don't know why I did quotes, 20% down is 20% down. (laughs) Ignore that, guys. There's nothing to go on there. A lot of people have assumptions that I have to have 20% saved, things like this. This is why I think you should go and talk to a realtor that's an expert in your area. You don't have to have 20% down. So a lot of this knowledge of when you're ready, you'll know you're ready after you get done talking to a realtor to answer that question. Definitely. definitely. And I can imagine, right, when somebody's looking to purchase home, from my understanding, right, with the 20% down, that's something more concentrated for a real estate investor. Or if you happen to have 20% down, that would cover the PMI for having correct. the first home. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, the principal and interest. That okay. is correct. Got it. But what's important about that piece, just to touch on it a little bit more, is if you have 20% saved up or maybe you have 10% saved, um, it's important to get in contact with the lender and once again, dive into those mortgage payments. If I put 10% down compared to 7%, how much did I save per month? That's a big question. Where is it worth me putting in $7,000 more when I'm only going to get uh, $30 difference per month. Right. And just hold on to that 7000 as emergency money. You get what I'm saying a little bit? Yeah. Um, not putting everything into your down payment because that money can be utilized somewhere else. So it's very important get in contact with the realtor that's going to connect you to an awesome lender and get that financial visual of your mortgage payment and what that's going to include. They're going to look at the taxes in that area. They're going to look at what rate you qualify for. Not everybody qualifies for the same mortgage rate. And then they're also going to look at how much you're putting down to figure out how much you're going to actually owe per month. And that's a great visual for people to have. That's bigger than saying, oh, I'm approved for 
$350,000. It's easier to say, I only want to pay $2,000 a month. What price range would I be in? Yeah. That's great information. Now, obviously, the, the process of purchasing a home, a, a lot of people tend to know that, but there's some people that haven't even you know, started on that journey of, of looking into actually moving forward, purchasing a home. But can you kind of walk them through the steps that they need to have in order to be approved for a home? Yeah. So the first step of the home buying process in order to get approved for a home is I figure out what area you're looking in, what price point you think you qualify for, and how much you want to pay per month. I've had people come in and say, well, I only want to pay $1,100 a month. We, have a, we need to have a deeper conversation of getting you ready to put a little bit more per month down. Um, and the other thing that we're going to be looking at is besides the areas, what size of the home you want and um, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, things like that in order to figure out where to go from there. Next step immediately before we even start looking at homes is talking to that lender. You feel like you can do 300,000, but the lender is the one that's gonna be giving you the loan. They're the experts that's gonna be giving you the money. So we have to have their approval, especially in this market. I cannot submit an offer without a pre-approval showing that yes, I can afford this home. So we go to the lender. He's going to be looking at credit score. He or she is going to be looking at credit score. So 620 or above. It's important. I'm going to note this with the credit score, where you're looking at your credit score. Credit karma, not accurate. I always have to disclaim this to my clients. Like, hey, if credit karma says you have a 640, be ready for the lender to come back and say you have a 600. That's yeah, true. see, you you knocking down my dreams, Dina, because I ain't gonna lie, I love credit card. It made, made me feel good. I'm like, woo, that credit card looking too. nice. <laughs> I did too before this life. I was on the right track. Experian <laughs> is a good one, though. If you're gonna ask, like, what's a good app to download and be somewhat close to what lenders are going to say, Experian has a good app. That's probably gonna be closer. And that's just because their algorithm is very strict, it's gonna come back lower. So if we need to work on credit, it's good that we're having this conversation maybe six months, seven months out before your lease ends. Because if you do need to get your credit together, we have time. And I have the resources to connect you with credit care if needed. Or lenders could give you tips on things that need to be fixed. But they're going to look at credit score. They're going to look at your income and work history. Um, that does not mean that it's bad that you've only been at a job for three months. They're just going to look to see, have you had 12 jobs in the last 12 months? You get what I'm saying? So it's completely fine if you're just transitioning to a new job. You don't have to be there for a certain amount of time. Um, they'll look at approval, um, approval letters from businesses. They're going to call and confirm employment. Once you get approved, do not build up your credit. <laughs> That's what I was going to talk about. What <laughs> are common mistakes that people that get approved do, right? Whenever yes. they get approved, what are the common things that they do wrong? Buy a car. <laughs> what else do they do? Buy a fridge, even a <laughs> fridge, furniture. 
Yes. For their new home. Yes. Yes. Do not do it. We don't even know which home you're in yet. You don't even know yeah. what size furniture to get. <laughs> Calm down. Um, Definitely. Yeah, once we're pre-approved, you don't buy anything, credit anything without the lender's approval. Okay. Okay. Now, let's talk about also, you know, you, you said they would do uh, employment verification. They would call up your business or your job and state the fact that, of course, you verify that you do work there, actually. Mm -hmm. Now, what if somebody was an entrepreneur? What are some of the loopholes or the challenges that they, that they face to be pre-approved? Great question. So with uh, being self-employed, they will be looking at your tax records. So that's also really important because sometimes as a self-employee, we don't like to show that we're making that much <laughs> so yeah. that uh, we ain't got to pay the government as much, you know, when you're talking to that CPA. That's not something if you're purchasing a home you should be doing because they have to go based off of your taxes. So if for some reason you're able to get it down showing that you made 40000 but yet you end up having like 100000 in your bank account, mm -hmm. it doesn't add up. So if you're thinking about purchasing a home, excuse me, make sure that's reflecting on your taxes. Okay. Okay. And they're going to look at two years of taxes for uh, self-employed people. Yeah, in the last two years. Okay. Take those together and average them. Gotcha, gotcha. That's important information. Um, yeah. So, you know, of course, let's walk through this process of home buying. We've gotten pre-approved, right? We've looked in the area that we want to purchase. We know where we want to be at. We know the square footage. We know the bedroom, the bathroom. We already got the interior design laid out, but you got your wife there. She knows what she wants to do to make it look nice, right? You got it all mm -hmm. set up, right? But let's go into the process of, okay, how much money do I got to put down for a down payment? And what does my closing cost look like? Because those mm -hmm. are things that people are not aware of as far as calculating. They kind of get a guesstimate, but what's a good range to prepare for? Yeah, that was that's actually funny you brought that up. That just happened to one of my teammates. They had a listing and they went under contract, really excited. And within 24 hours, the buyer backed out. And it's like, why <sighs> did they back out? They didn't have an understanding of the finances prior to going in. And that's on the realtor and the lender, in my personal opinion. The lenders that I partner with, they are going to educate my clients on the down payment to answer your question. How much are they going to have to put down? Are they going to put down the minimum if it's a conventional loan 3%? Are they FHA where they're going to have to put down a minimum 3.5%? Or are they doing even more than that? So that's something that you should know prior to us even going under contract, how much you're already putting down. And I say that because we also have to put that in the contract that, that are offered. It shows how much my client is putting down. And then um, your other question, what about the closing cost? That's also something that is discussed with the lender. So they'll show you what your down payment is going to be closing cost fees, such as title policy, survey, appraisal, inspection. I'm throwing out a lot of words and haven't explained them all, but these are just itemized things on the closing costs that you're going to see that's going to add up to however many thousands of dollars. Right. Now, would you recommend uh, a person to look at several lenders to show who's going to offer the best deal? Yes, it's always great to shop lenders and you have to do it. You don't have to do it, 
but we recommend doing it within 30 days. So it doesn't take multiple dings on your credit report. Okay. So on credit reports, if you shop lenders within 30 days, their credit can see that that's what you're doing and it's not going to ding you every time they pull your credit. Each lender is going to run a, a hard pull on your credit. So do it within 30 days. Don't look in June. Be like, I just don't know. And then in August, do it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's another ding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Y'all gotta know Dina like I know Dina. This is this is normal right here. This is a normal conversation we have. But this is good information, Dina. I really appreciate that because you know once you go through that process, what about the earnest money, right? Even before you do the down payment, what what is earnest money, right? Do you even need me on this conversation? Hey, hey, I need you. You know, detail in and out. I need you. Earnest money. Tell us about it. Earnest money. So earnest money is part of the offer as well that we need to discuss. It's something that the seller looks at to see how serious a buyer is. There is no official amount when it comes to earnest money. The standard of what most people say is put down at least 1% of the offer. So if it's 300,000, earnest money is going to be 3,000. This earnest money goes to the title company and it's needed within three days after your offer has been accepted. Key part is that it's been accepted. This is not something that you put just because you submitted an offer. The seller has to choose you first before this money is required. Once it's been chosen, you have 72 hours to put whatever earnest money amount we put in that offer, whether it's 3,000 or 4,000 you give it to the title company. Now, why is this important? And why do the sellers look at this amount to see how serious you are? If for some reason, my client is a buyer, we put $4,000 down, they back out and it's not because of a contractual agreement, the seller gets to keep the 4,000. If we make it to closing, that 4,000 goes to closing cost. So that, all that money I was spitting out about title policy, survey, inspection, all these things are itemized and um, looked at closing costs, that 4000 goes towards it. See. Gotcha. Gotcha. So your earnest money is accumulated and part of the down payment, ideally. Still part of your overall down payment or closing yeah. costs. Oh, closing costs. Okay. Closing gotcha. costs. Yeah. Gotcha. So then I think after that, that earnest money, then you're going to. A seven-day contract, I believe, or options contract, right? I believe something. <laughs> I was wondering you're going to bring up options. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to break down a contract and offer um, right there by earnest money on the contract is option. So clients will put a few hundred towards option period. This is to not get confused with an inspection. This is completely different. Option period can be any amount of time that you submit it for. The smallest amount, which would be zero, very attractive to sellers. Um, if you do three days, that's attractive. Once you start going above that in this competitive market, it's just not as attractive because an option period, to answer your question on what it is, it's a time where you give the sellers money, $300, $400, so that you could back out for any reason within that amount of time. So if we gave three days, 
my buyers are like, yeah, we like the house. Day two, they don't. How can we get out? Well, we're still in option period, so we can leave without any reason, but you're going to lose that money that we put towards the option period. So if we put $400 towards it, when I say we, them, when they put $400 towards it, that's the amount that they could lose. If not, that $400 does go towards closing. See, see. Yeah. So the uh, visual would be, we have a three-day option period. Day two, we no longer want this home because maybe we like another one. That could be a reason. Right. We say, okay, we're executing the contract. They keep the option money. We get the earnest money back. Why? Because we left for a contractual agreement. It was see. a contractual reason that we terminated. So you get your earnest money back. That was a mouthful. I hope that made sense. Oh, yeah, they're going to do their research. That's what it requires. Do your research out there. If you listen to this, these I words, hope that makes sense. Should I try again? <laughs> no, I think it's perfect. Should I try you know it again? I think it's <laughs> Take two. Um, yeah, but, take so, two. <laughs> so we talk about the options, right? Home inspection. Is that something that uh, people need to, to do within that seven-day period or three-day period? Yeah, that's usually why people get confused of option period and inspection. And this is very important because I'm talking about state of Texas. Other states are different. But as a realtor, if I did get an um, offer that was accepted with an option period, we're getting that inspection done during the option period because the seller does not have to make the changes that we want because we found it in an inspection report. They're not forced to. So we can't back out because they decided like, no, we're not going to replace the roof. So then what reason do we have? We usually use option period. If we can't come to an agreement with the seller, well then great, great. We're going to take our earnest money and we're going to go. So that's one way that we can get out, which is why it's usually done simultaneously. Now, how important is it to get a home inspection? Very important. Yeah. But in this market, people are waiving it. See. I will always recommend it to my clients. Always. Yeah. And then it's up to them to decide if they, because of the market that we're in, we're in a seller's market, it's really competitive. To be more appealing, do we waive inspection? Do we waive the option period? These are questions that we have to go through with every client to see how far do they want to go to make a competitive offer. Right. Right. And for you guys that don't know home inspection, right, it's from the foundation all the way to the roof. So they're checking out everything that's going on with the house and giving you feedback on, hey, these are the things that you might have to pay for or things that you should be aware of if you want to go forward with this uh, contract for this home. But I can imagine people that are waiving this uh, home inspection, I imagine they have a lot of capital ready to spend. Yes, okay. I think that's a fair assumption. Gotcha, gotcha. So they're probably just flipping, you know, California people. If y'all listening, I'm upset with y'all. Y'all getting us Texans out Call of the me. market. <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely, definitely. So that, I mean, that's good stuff to know, right? Yeah, um, so. there's, a, there's, this market is different. It's not one that we've seen before. I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about because we like to compare uncomfortable market as in, I think a lot of people that were raised in Texas or have been here for a long time, this market is not comfortable for them. So we immediately want to jump to 2008. Like, okay, this isn't comfortable. 
Nobody should be doing 70,000 over. And because of that, it needs to crash. They want the bubble. The bubble. There is no bubble. There's nothing. There's no bubble. And it's been said quite a bit. Um, if you follow realtors, or if you follow Dave Ramsey, it's been a major discussion because once again, I think we feel as if there is a bubble because this is uncomfortable. We don't like that people are coming in with cash and able to back up their $70,000 over. That's a big piece that's different from 2008. One, 2008 had a lot of inventory. We're going through a shortage. Number two, which might need to be number one, the loans were horrible. People were getting mortgage loans and couldn't afford the house that they were getting. And then that's what led to the huge burst, right? These were bad loans. People were getting $500,000 homes that could only afford two hundred. dollars They couldn't keep up with the mortgage payments, which led to what? Foreclosure. Led to this huge burst of people no longer being able to afford these homes that they have. That's not what's happening in today's world. In today's world, these people are coming with the money. They're not getting debt that they can't handle. 2008, debt you can't handle. This, yeah, I got a hundred thousand plus, so I can back up whatever this appraisal comes at. They're not in, they're not bringing on debt that they can't handle. So, in this situation, it's important as a realtor to make sure my clients understand this market, and they need to ask themselves because they're like, "Well, this is uncomfortable for me." I don't want the market to crash and I purchase this home. Like I want to, the home to appreciate. What do I do? What do I do? If you have the money to compete in this market and to be, and to make sure that you trust in me to get you a great offer, everything's going to be fine. If you look at the history of the Dallas Metroplex, Austin, Texas, everything is appreciating. They think prices of homes are going to be at least 7.7% more next year. Two questions you need to ask to help you out. Do I purchase right now? My question, do you think homes will be more next year? Right now we're trending to yes. Do you think rates are going to be more next year? Yes. If both of those are yes in your head, you need to get on this train before it takes off and purchase a home. I know this is off task or off tangent related to what we're talking about here, but what you said was very interesting. But I can imagine your everyday American, this is where, you know, with inflation and the cost of living all related tied in just, you know, who can afford with the interest rates and the average starter home going for, I know in Austin, it's about 300,000, you know. Yeah, Austin's on another level. So they are ahead of Dallas when it comes to appreciation. Yeah, it's turning to California over there. You can, uh, what, yeah. what kind of a squat home? I don't even know what it is. It's a little, a tiny home, man, for 1,500 square feet. You're getting the dog house. <laughs> it's a guest home. That little dog house know. in the backyard <laughs> that's going for three hundred thousand. Yep, it's starting to California. I don't know. We'll see. But <clears throat> now let's flip it to the other side, right? Because you represent people that want to buy homes, and then you represent people that want to sell homes. Right? Yes. So people that do want to sell homes, what is that process like? Okay, let me switch on to the listing agent side. <laughs> let me change hats no this is the only hat <laughs> um so for the listing side i always start off with wanting to know why you're selling your home so what your intentions are 
where are you looking to go? It's very important in this market so we can get started on that as well because it's so competitive. Are you looking to downsize, upsize a home? Are you moving to a completely different state? Do you need to sell this home in order to buy the next home is also very important to have that discussion with your lender. But what we're gonna go through is what the market is selling to around your home. So we call that a CMA, Comparative Marketing Analysis. So as a realtor, it's important to know in Texas, is a non-disclosure state. What does that mean? The public cannot see what a home sold for. So like you go on Zillow and realtor.com, you can see what it listed for. You cannot see what it sold for. Realtors can though. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this competitive marketing analysis, comparative marketing analysis, and see what are homes that are very similar to yours selling for in your area. Wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about comps here? We are talking about comps. Oh, I like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, so we're running comps. I'll talk in uh, Chris's terms. We're running comps to see... One, do you have competition around you? So we're going to be looking at the homes that are currently available and on the market. We're going to be looking to see what, how many are pending. And then we're going to look to see what's sold within the last six months. And it's going to be in a very close proximity to your home. From there, I'm going to talk with the clients to see where they want to be priced out after I share all these facts. Like this is, we're going to look at pictures of the homes to see is yours have upgrades in the kitchen and this one doesn't. Do you have one more bedroom than the other one? One less bathroom. Where is the owner suite located? Is yours upstairs or downstairs? Majority of the people like downstairs. So all these things to come to a conclusion of what we're going to list your home for. I'm just going to share the facts. After the facts, you decide what you want to list for because it is your property. Then from there, we're going to get your home ready to hit the market. This is where the we need HGTV kind of flair to the home. Like we got to get these folks <laughs> ready. Like yeah. everybody that's coming into these houses, they're coming with the HGTV glasses. Yeah. So these pictures got to look flawless because we got to get these people into the home to come see it. And if I do my job correctly, which I will, We'll be talking for a weekend. I'll tell you guys, go have fun for a weekend. Leave the house. It makes it very easy because we're going to have people in and out of this home. And if I do my job, you'll be coming back to multiple offers. But that's the overall gist of it. There's a little more details into it. I got to ask them if they have their survey of their home. They got to sign other different documents. But yeah, we get it ready for staging. Um, take the pictures and then it hits the market. We can get that done in like a week. So hmm. if you're ready to go, it's very quick. So, you know, speaking of that, how quick it is, right? We're in a, when we talk about buyer's market and the seller's market, but we know we're in the latter. We're in a seller's market right now. So this process that you're describing, how quick can mm -hmm. this go? How quick have you seen it go? A house gets sold for? Um, within a day. So, but what we're seeing a lot of, because it's multiple offers. So I say, Sold within a day. I mean, we go under contract within a day. Um, some people, if they get a great enough offer, they'll shut it down. But mostly we're seeing deadlines set 
on the buying side. So the seller will come back, selling's agent, and promote, hey, thank you for looking at the home. We have received multiple offers. If you want just to submit an offer, it's due the next day by some time. Because they don't want to be overwhelmed with 50 offers either. So they'll, they'll cut it off, they'll shut it down. Another yeah. thing to note though, um, that I did not mention on the listing side that we do, is we also open title, which is something you'll learn more about when you list your home. But we're also looking to see if you have any liens on the property. Um, just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't. Let's just say that. Yeah. So basically you wanna list your home when we gotta make sure you are the person that can sell it. Right. And then we also have to see um, do you have a water filter? Okay, how does a water filter work? Is this lease? Do you own it? Can it be transferred to a new owner or do you have to pay it off before you sell this home? There's quite a few things that people take on as homeowners that they might not realize that company has a lien on the house. And really the ideal situation, the only thing we want to see is the mortgage payment. If that's the only lien you see, you're good to go. But sometimes we come across unique situations where there's other things that have to be paid off or we have to tell the new um, possible owners you'll take on that payment. Now, do they ever say like a seller would be like, hey, we'll agree to this contract. We agree to selling a home, uh, but we want oil right fee or we want the oil rights to this property. Mm -hmm. That has happened before. Usually more with land. I've seen that, but um, none of my clients have actually experienced it. But you are able to do that. Oh, yeah. I've, I've dealt with that with some property I was purchasing. Uh, that was definitely... Woo! That seems like some... <laughs> bringing up some source Woo! Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so so with the uh, the um, seller, um, they obviously have to pay a fee for a real estate agent. What does that yes. fee look like? It changes from real estate agent to real estate agent. Overall, in general, usually 6% of the offer. 6% yeah, and that's always yeah. calculated into the, um, excuse me, I'm having sparkling water. I don't know why I grabbed <laughs> that while I'm doing this, but um, to answer your question, on average it's 6% or more. It's a common question that comes up when you are talking to a seller about what the commission is going to be, but I'm going to ask them what is their goal as far as equity goes. And um the comps that I, not the comps, but the uh, equity I show them already has that in there calculated. So if they come to me saying that they want 80,000, I just show them 84,000. That 84,000 includes the 6%. There's a lot of um, fees that go along with us being agents as far as getting your house on the market and getting ready that we're paying for before we've even completed our job. So so that That's what you say. <laughs> Yeah, money, yeah, money. we gotta make it. We gotta pay for our coordinators, our photography, the staging, all that stuff, and then we pay the buyer's agent for bringing us a buyer. Gotcha. So you guys play an integral part in the whole purchasing of a home, selling of a home, things like that. But in your opinion, what makes a real estate agent effective? What makes them great? I think going above and beyond besides just putting a for sale sign in the yard on the listing side, I think you have to realize that the audience goes um, very much towards online. So how are you going to get their home seen? 
more than just putting it into the system and putting for sale sign out? Are you promoting on social media? So that's another fee that the agent takes on. We do ads throughout um, within a 15 mile radius because most likely most people move within 15 miles from where they're already living. So we run different ads from that. We um, do unique things with Instagram. I make a Instagram page for people for this home. It makes it very easy to communicate with other agents where I can just send them a link and they can look at these photos and share it with their clients a lot easier. We do reverse prospecting. We see people that are interested in your home and call them up to make sure that they come and actually see it. So we got to drive people and do a lot of behind the scenes that we don't need to share what we're doing. And so they, we make it look easy. I'll say that. Definitely. We make Definitely. it look a lot of fun and we make it look really easy. Um, but there's the knowledge of contracts, especially on the listing side, Chris. Technically, there's only one chance you have to get out of a contract on the listing side if you're a seller. And that's if they don't turn in the earnest money. Besides that, we're locked in. So you've got to have an agent that is knowledgeable over these contracts that can see which one is guaranteed, which one are we going to make it to closing. The worst thing to do is to get under contract and then the buyer backs out. So on the listing side, we're going to look at all the ways that the buyer is eliminating to get out of a contract. Did they waive inspection? Did they waive option period? Did they sign an appraisal waiver? Did they have a short financing period? All these things we're looking at because that's just another way a buyer can't back out. Okay, that, that way's gone. That way's gone. Just more likely for us to make it to closing. Knowledge is a big piece of this. Knowledge is power. Yeah, because if you get a contract whether you're the buyer's agent is listing it and you didn't realize something that was on there, that was on there, and it cost your client money, that's a problem. Definitely. Definitely. That's a problem. So what I have to ask you, right? I talked about what makes a real estate agent effective. What makes you great? What makes you different than other real estate agents? Why would somebody want to choose Dina Jackson? I almost I feel like I listed some of these and I shouldn't have because now like other people can take them. <laughs> no, I think it's me being able, one communication is very key. So being accessible to my clients, um, setting ground rules, sharing the information that I have, not sugarcoating things. I think sometimes we want to sugarcoat so that we still say appealing to everybody. And maybe I'm not for everybody. You got to know your worth. You got to know your value. I'm putting down money here, here, and here. And I'm doing these kinds of hours to make sure your home gets sold. I'm not going to put a for sale sign and just say, deuces, see you later. And especially in this market, we're going through quite a few contracts to figure out and explain to you so that you can make the best decision. So there's a lot of things as far as value, the knowledge that you bring to the table, that I bring to the table, um, how I care for my clients. It's a really big piece and how I'm going to do whatever I have to that's in their best interest. It's really important. Once again, we have new agents coming in here, even ones that have been here for a while. Rules are changing. Contracts have changed. Do you realize that a contract, a new contract went into effect April 1st of this year? And do you know what the changes are and do you know how to deal with them? It's just a big piece. But um, 
yeah, there's a lot of going above and beyond. We can't just do a for sale sign. Um, and then also knowing what's happening in the market around them. It's really big. Fort Worth and Dallas are different. There's different things going on in both of them. Um, businesses drive um, the prices of homes and things like that. So I think overall what I'm saying is long story even longer. Sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> what I bring to the table. <laughs> I know, I went on a rant. Man, Tell them, uh, <laughs> I was uh, feeling it. I was feeling it. Value. You got to have education. You got to acknowledge your um, clients. You got to care for them. Yeah. Um, it's the whole bigger picture of it. Um, and willing to go that extra mile of doing all those behind the scenes things, calling people, calling agents, talking to them, knowing what my client is looking for in an offer so I can let them know. Yeah, we want to lease back. Right. And it sounds back. like a and it sounds like a hustle too, because everything you're saying, it. I mean, it's a lot of legwork. It's a lot of getting out there, showing your face, telling people what you do, and letting people know all the services that you offer. Be confident. Confident. If there's right? any other agents watching, um, be confident. I came in, sold a home that was. I think they were previously working with another agent that had been in it for years, and I was intimidated. I was like, "Oh my gosh, if he can get a sold, how am I?" Have confidence. Um, I have an amazing team behind me, backing me up. Um, if you fail, fail fast. So you never make that mistake again. And learn from others, um, for all the agents out there. You don't need to go into every conversation saying like, yeah, I just got my, I just got my license. You be my first client. I ain't nobody's business. You have the knowledge. Be confident in what you're going to bring to the table. And don't, don't back down. Excellent. Excellent. Now, somebody that's interested in starting to get into the, the real estate game and wanting to be a realtor, uh, where would you recommend they go to school? What's the first starting point? What would you give them? Champions. Champions. Yes. Good school. Champions. I highly recommend too. Yeah. yeah. They, they had me over prepared and ready for that exam. <laughs> that but hey, also another thing ready. is, um, that's great that you're doing classes with champions. I highly recommend it. But also shadow agents, even if you're not licensed yet. Um, I don't mind if you shadow me. Um, there's quite a few of us with EXP, things like that. You get a little behind the scenes and realization of like what happens. Yeah. Well, that's some valuable information. How can people reach out to you, Dina? So you can um, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> that's so exciting <laughs> to say. <laughs> Um, my Instagram, okay. like, we're going to put it down at the bottom too, but it's <laughs> <laughs> follow me on Instagram at Dina does real estate. Best way to contact me. Stay updated with the market. Um, love to have fun on there. Can answer any questions that you might have. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, again, uh, Dina, thank you for coming on the platform sharing all your, your knowledge, sharing all your experiences and all these tips, I'm sure for the audience, they would definitely appreciate and apply when they're going through the purchasing of a home or they may be selling their home. Either way, I know that they can apply this, whether it be now or in the future. So again, I appreciate you coming on the platform and sharing all that knowledge. Thank you for having me as a realtor. It's our job to take the stress out of the home buying and selling process. So, thanks, Chris. Well, guys, this is Planet Seeds TV, and uh, we chase progress, not perfection. Again, this is another episode of Free Game. So 
Uh, I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. Peace.